as you are removing yourself from different parts of the business, you can do this really rewarding work, this work that changes lives. It allows you to be able to create a workplace where people are, they're growing and they're developing and they're, they are becoming better people and they're going and making a bigger difference in their communities. And they are going and you can be supporting your clients too, to be able to be doing bigger work in the world. Is your current success putting a lot of demands on you? If you're good at what you do, and you are, then everyone wants you. But that's no way to scale. If you're delivering spectacular results, you should be commanding higher fees, working with only the best clients. Welcome to the Hands Off CEO Podcast, where world-class agency owners and consultants learn how to fully monetize their expertise and scale profits by doing less. Here's your host, Mandy Ellison. Hello, this is Mandy Ellison, host of the Hands Off CEO podcast. So in the last episode, we talked about fighting rapid inflation and also 10 offer factors you need to have in place to be able to profitably scale a consulting agency. So that's really the foundation. And if you haven't listened to that episode yet, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that last episode first, because it's going to give you the foundations for really what you need to have in place to be able to make this really all make sense. So there are five exits for what we have developed over the past 10 years. And we have seen through many iterations, helping our clients being able to scale our companies for the order for how to be able to remove yourself from different parts of the company safely. Now, the whole point of removing yourself from these exits and on this journey as you're scaling is so that you can remove yourself from working in the business to be working on the business because you know that's where you can be generating these million-dollar ideas instead of actually just being the one mired down in the minutiae of the business. This is helpful for a number of factors. One of them is is that as the CEO, you want to be having fun. You want to be staying in your zone of genius. And it's really great to be hiring other people that can be in their zone of genius as they are continuing to help scale the company. So there's this great book called Zone of Genius by Gay Hendricks. If you haven't read it, I would highly recommend it. On Audible, it's like three hours to listen to. It's not very long and it builds on some of the concepts from The Big Leap, another book from Gay Hendricks, which is a little bit longer book, but it's phenomenal. Looking at the different things that hold you back from getting to your next level and basically how we sabotage your own success. And that mindset piece is actually so critical when it comes to looking at really progressing and scaling your company because to scale your company requires to let go of control. Because if you hold on to control, what ends up happening is that you just work more and more and more hours. And frankly, a lot of companies do it this way. But those are also the companies that completely crumble when something happens to the CEO, like they get sick, which is very likely if they're working 60, 70, 80 hours per week and everything is all dependent on them because they can't even take a vacation without their company sliding back. But they're very unstable companies and they're not able to withstand some of the the, the kind of challenges that we continue to deal with in our economy. So really what we want to be able to have to build a real company, a real company that can run without the CEO. And the CEO has the opportunity to continue to build this asset, this wealth as they're continuing to grow the company. So it's not just an income play where they can enjoy a nice high income but where you can enjoy a nice high income and freedom right now where you, je- you can 
really work when and how you want to and for as little or as many hours as you choose to. And also to have the freedom that you're building into this asset that allows you to be able to exit and sell it at any point you want. So we'll go through these different five exits to be able to attain that type of business, that type of freedom, and really allow you as the CEO to be working on the business instead of in it progressively. So let's go through these different exits. First of all, these exits, I want you to be listening in for like, what place are you at right now currently in this structure? Maybe you're still working even on the foundations from what we talked about in the last episode, but maybe you're already at exit three, but just listen in for where you are now and what your next stage is, because it will allow you to see what is the next place for you. This is specifically for consulting agencies, okay? Consulting agencies are very difficult companies to scale because it's very much dependent on you. You created the company, everybody sees the company kind of as you. So how do you be able to remove that, be able to keep the essence of you in the company, the energy that you bring to it, that excitement that everybody, all your clients come and are are magnetized by without you being the one like digging the hole, shoveling the dirt, right? How can you make, make that possible? Also, as we go through the exits, remember too, that the percentage that you're working in the business, it declines with each new exit. It's a little bit different for each company, but we can share what generally we see for the exits. And also recognize that you don't need to go through every one of these exits. Just as you're listening, getting to even partway through exit three is a pretty slick business. The first exit is customer service. Now, customer service encompasses a couple things client management, client management, and also project management. They're two different things. Some of the triggers is that oftentimes CEOs at this point, if they're still in it, they are pretty burnt out. They're feeling pulled back in the day-to-day and they just don't have time to work on the business. They don't have time to generate more sales because they're still partway into it. And and it's very common to be partway out of this exit one, which is around a client service, client management. But but maybe you're still in that with legacy clients, or maybe you're still in some calls with some of these other clients. And really, there's an expectation that clients expect you to be there. So how do you be able to meet the expectations of your clients, exceed the expectations of your clients without actually having to be at that? So that's one of the things that we address with Exit 1. By the way, let me clarify before moving on to Exit 2. Exit 1, what it looks like to be here is that you have a very clearly defined strategy for how you manage clients. What is that customer experience? And then how does your team actually work with your clients and be able to help them set expectations? How did they be able to manage quality? How do they be able to... What, so what are our customer service standards? What are our customer success outcomes? And really being able to go back to the basics with that foundation we talked about in the last episode for very clearly, what is that outcome, that pathway that we are managing our clients to so that consistently, your clients can get results every single time and the maximum outcome. And so how do you be able to manage that? And it really comes down to you have to have that client success map in place to have those systems and processes put in place by someone other than yourself. Part of this too is understanding what your, the success values are for your company. Like, what is your vision? What is the mission, the values? Defining that company culture so that you can energetically set this container and then have your clients be treated exceptionally well, no matter who it is on your team that is working with them. That is what it takes to be able to exit from that 
and exit in a way where your clients are better served from it. So, and this right there should take out about what we've seen very regularly is it cuts out about 20 hours per week from the CEO who is pretty stuck in it. And if they're kind of partially out, what we see is it will cut out another five or 10 hours or so, kind of depending on, on how they are, how much they're in it. Exit two builds on this. And this is where you operations manager. So really having the management in place who is running your operations and really helping you increase the capacity. At this point, this is really where they're standardizing your delivery. And this is, this is the opportunity here, which is incredible. And this is what we create in our, we have a double your capacity program that's part of Scale to Freedom. And this program is actually designed for your operations manager to go through and actually, it's, the, it's training for them to learn how to become a COO. It's incredible. I've never seen anything on the market for being able to develop a project manager to an operations manager or an operations manager to a COO. And we have seen this work all the way from an executive assistant level, by the way, to moving them even into an operations manager. And their job is to putting in place the systems into the business that allows you to exit from this part of the business allows you peace of mind that it is being done correctly, the visibility to see what is happening at each stage so that you know you can go make sales, you can throw it over the fence, your team's going to catch it, and your clients are going to be served well every single time. Every single client is going to be generating those consistent results. Now, that is also going to be dependent on if your clients are actually they're actually partnering with you and they're doing their part to be able to generate results too. That's something else we talk about in our executive briefings for what are the things that your clients need to be doing to be able to support you to be delivering much bigger outcomes. So really what this goal is here is, is that as we scale, client results scale too. That is the mantra I want you to be taking on as you're scaling so that you could be one of these companies that scale into greater success for their clients, not just money for them. Because this is what we see all the time, right? In the market with consulting companies and agencies as they continue to scale, as the CEO is watered down more and more, and we see that results decline. And that's one of the things that if you listen to a podcast episode earlier, Tom Shapiro, he shared about how he had been trying to scale his company for three years. He had run it for a number of years before that. But for three solid years, he was really trying to make this happen. But he had hit a point where they had stagnated and they couldn't get any further. So what ends up happening is he ended up scaling back because every time he let go and he wasn't the one actually managing the operations and managing client engagements, the results of the clients would decline. So implementing these things into this business, he was able to hire an account manager who they've since developed into a COO. And it has helped them be able to add millions of dollars of profitable growth to their company. Just really incredible what has been able to be transpired since then. and. You can hear his most recent podcast episode. I wasn't planning on sharing this exactly, so I don't remember the exact percentage he shared with his profit, but dramatically increased their profitability with these things that they are implementing into the company. So feel free to go back and listen to Tom Shapiro's podcast episode, and you can hear more about how this impacted their own company as well. Really at this point in operations, a lot of these triggers that'll happen is, is a CEO can get very overwhelmed Projects are not moving forward without the CEO. There, there can be some internal drama and really they're generating more rework for clients that aren't happy with things. And the, the challenge is, is that at this point, 
you as a CEO, we really want to hold on to that tighter if we see things like that happen. So like, what is the steps to be able to let go and actually see results continue to get better and better? This is what we address in our double your capacity program, which is part of our scale to freedom. This is what goes through in exit two. So exit one and two, getting out of client service and project management and operations management. Those are the first main things that happen as far as exiting the CEO from the business in year one of our scale to freedom program. And at this point, the CEO should be able to leave the company for at least one to two weeks. And the company can run without the CEO. Company cannot yet grow without the CEO, but they can run without the CEO. So this is a critical foundational piece to be able to continue running and continue scaling the company. Now, at this point, this is what the opportunity is here is if the CEO oftentimes goes from working 80 to 90% in the business to be working about 50% in the business. That's accomplished in the first year. Now, imagine if half of the time in your work week, you actually spent on generating more sales, on strategizing for how, how do we generate more sales opportunities? How do we be able to increase our lifetime client value? How do we be able to increase our profitability? How do we be able to increase our prices? How do we be able to, to target that next level client? And the, all those questions, we actually work with the CEOs in our Scale to Freedom program on how to actually build an offer that really will scale and that will scale more profitably and will generate the cash to be able to hire the people to actually move through these exits. That's really critical to have that. We talked about this in the last episode, but when you have these things in place, just imagine how much more growth could you see in your company if you were spending 50% of your time focusing, working on your business and generating more growth. What we've seen is a tremendous amount of growth. We have clients that have been able to add a million dollars of growth in one year. And that's what's possible when you can really let go safely, know that clients are being served better than you can even serve them yourself. And where you can have that transparency that things are happening the way you want. You can also be able to go on vacation and know that your clients are being taken care of and that you have that visionary time, that time where you can really look ahead and see those opportunities coming ahead ahead of you. Getting through those exits, getting the offers in place, that's what it takes to generate a million dollar company too, by the way. Like that's like the first foundation. So at this point, we have a number of businesses that are already at a million that still need to go through some of those exits as well. But those companies, by the time they're at a million, they're at least through exit one and a good part way through exit two. But a lot of times they just need to tighten up some of those things. They have some of these structures in place, but they're just not operating quite at the level of effectiveness for the CEO to really let go. So what ends up happening is the CEO, like you're paying these staff to be able to do this work, but they're not quite performing at the level that you're hoping that they would be. So you're kind of like getting hands-on in it and being more into it than you really want to. But at the same time, you want to let go. You want to let them do their job. At the same time, you don't really trust them to do it. Going through them, making sure you get those right foundations in place that we talked about in the last episode. And going through the exits in the right order, that's what allows you to really safely let go and know that your team are supported, your clients are supported. All right, moving on to exit three. So this is typically in year two. Some of our clients have breezed through some of those exits faster. Some of them already have those things solidly in place. But exit three is really where you're scaling sales and marketing. At a certain point, what happens is that you have increased the capacity you have a manager running your operations and you have the capacity in your team to generate more growth. So a lot of times during the, while we're working through these exit one and exit two, a lot of times 
the amount of growth that the companies can withstand is shaking the tree and tapping into their existing networks and maybe bringing on one more channel, but but there's only so much growth they can take on until they increase more capacity in the company. So at exit three, they have increased capacity in the company. There is space for more growth. So at this point, this is where you're hiring a business development person or a partner company. That's one of the things that we recommend for our clients is we have a number of, of partners that can do the business development and actually just fill their calendar full of leads, right? So now you have those leads. Now, how do you be able to take those leads from ice cold to warm and close? So how do you be able to go and do that? So those are the things that we look at with that growth execution for how do we be able to put in place the right case study-driven marketing that's going to allow the company to generate the right types of leads. And this is obviously something you're doing all the way through it. But at exit three, this is where you're really putting in place that next level. And a lot of times what we teach our clients to do is put together an executive briefing of some kind for their exact target market, something high value, but actually um, showcases the work that they're doing. Could also be a podcast like the one you're listening to, to really educate your prospects on the actual challenges that they're facing and potential solutions and pros and cons on those. And when you do that, and when you you can showcase your expertise in that way, then you become really a category of one and they can see that you best serve the challenges that they have. And it's also a really great opportunity for your company to really help your prospects uncover what the real problem is. Because, you know, a lot of times, like oftentimes, you know, almost never will you be getting on a sales call where your prospect actually is aware of the, what the real problem is. They think the problem is this and you know it's something else, right? So how do you be able to orchestrate that within your marketing process through content to be able to educate your prospects so that by the time they actually come to you, that they're at a place where they're eager and ready and want to hear about how you can help them, how your business can help them. So having that foundation in place, what that will do is it makes it so much simpler for when you hire either a business development person or a partner company to be able to generate leads for you, they're actually going to be able to stick. You'll actually be able to close those sales because you'll be able to know how to nurture them through into a place where they feel comfortable taking the next step with you. And what that also does is it lowers the barrier of requirements for what it takes for your salespeople to actually be successful. It allows your salespeople to be able to close sales without you being the one doing it all the time, right? That also comes back to the client success map we created as the foundation, like really before any of the exits, you really have to get the right offer in place. We talked about that in the last episode. We talk about that a lot on our podcast for this client success map for really getting clear around what a client actually gets working with you, but you can build a whole process around that. So getting through exit three, what that does is it allows you to be able to accelerate lead flow, accelerate your sales. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean you as a CEO is going to completely let go of sales. I would not recommend it until your process is really tight. That would be a bad thing to do. And I've seen consulting agency companies do that. I've seen a lot of them just try to jump right to exit three without getting in the foundations in place, without getting some of the lower hanging fruit removed off of their plate so that they have the capacity to deliver on the service well. And it's a disaster. So very rarely will it work to be able to jump to exit three without getting these foundations in place. I've actually never seen it be successful unless you've got the foundations in place. And then exit three, again, it's getting that business development, getting the marketing implementation. I shared some of the the nitty gritties of kind of what that looks like. 
And then also training your sales team. In a different size of company, I think this is where we run into some challenges here with the misconceptions for when to hire a sales team. Because it's like, we don't want to be working in the business. We want to be working on the business, right? And isn't sales working in the business? Yes. But you know, when, when you're selling you know, 50, 60, 1,000, 100,000, million dollar types of, types of deals, that's pretty high value working business. Here's the thing is, it's like if you're selling really low ticket type of services or products, then it does make sense to hire out salespeople earlier on. But that's not what we want to do. We won't want to scale a commodity type of service. And, and, and if anything, this market right now, it's like that's going to be the fastest way to drive yourself into the ground because you won't have the margins to be able to actually pay people to help deliver the service to be able to deliver a quality outcome every time. So one of two things happens either you as a CEO have to, has to jump more in to make sure that the clients actually get served well, or you don't jump in and then you just don't have the infrastructure in place to be able to deliver deliver on the promises and then your reputation goes down the drain. And here's the thing is, is that when you're selling a lower ticket item, you're going to have to generate higher amount of sales to be able to actually generate the same profit. So when you're looking at that, you actually have to have even better systems in place. But the challenge is that it costs more money to do that. Really, the better thing to do is to really maximize your top level offers, increase your fees, look at how do you be able to generate more value and then scale from that, get really solid, sustainable foundation in place before you go and try to sell some of the lower price things. So that exit three is growth. It is scaling sales and marketing. And really, when you have this down, this is where your company can really grow without you. And it's really exciting. You don't have to get all the way through exit three, by the way. I mean, you can get through just business development without and still hold on to the sales for a long time and be very profitable, have a ton of growth, very profitable growth. And it really allows you to be able to focus your time on getting better and better at closing sales as opposed to the grinding work of the business development to get the leads on your calendar. I mean, that's the hardest work right there. So if you can even just get out of that part, which is just, it's, it's tremendous to see what's possible in your company at that point. All right, so exit four, this is client strategy. And by the way, exit three, exit four, exit five, that happens between year two and year three for our clients. It kind of depends on where they're at, how quickly they want to grow. You know, so for some of our clients, they just want to get to a point where they have tons of opportunities and leads. And they want to stay the salesperson forever. And that's perfectly fine. It's just, what is that stage that you want to get to in the freedom in your company? And how do you define that, right? But between year two and for year two and year three, our goal is to get to $100,000 a month in profits and really have a company that can grow without you. That's just a starting point, $100,000 a month in profits. You can really generate whatever you want beyond that, right? So after exit three, scaling sales and marketing, this is where you are exiting out of client strategy. So here's something that's interesting about this is that sometimes exit three and exit four kind of get swapped here and there. So these are general factors that we find that work really well, but sometimes you just have to modify it for what works best for your company. But at this exit four, this is where you're hiring strategists who can develop and train junior strategists. Now, this does a couple of things. One thing is that it removes you out of the client strategy. And maybe you don't want to be completely out of the client strategy. Maybe there's just certain parts of the client strategy that you want to be out of. 
But what can happen here is, is that as a CEO, you could run into boredom and client strategy just isn't engaging or exciting anymore, or maybe 80% of it is not exciting for you anymore. And you just want, maybe you just want to cherry pick the projects for you that actually feel most aligned. You know, as a CEO, we can face burnout sometimes. So being able to have that, that structure in place for other strategists to be there is going to, it, it gives you a lot of autonomy for you to really decide what parts of the business that you want to work within. And there could also be stagnation in this. So you want to be putting in other strategies to help you innovate and be able to generate more creativity. And also it could give you more time and an opportunity, put those people in place to be able to execute on what you're already doing. And it gives you more time to actually strategize and innovate at a more of a global level in the company instead of just like one project at a time. And when you can remove yourself from this piece, this client strategy, this is where your company becomes infinitely more valuable as an asset. And where this is the place where investors look at it and say, oh, wow, this is this really is a company that we can do something with. So at this point, your company becomes more of an asset that is, is a whole lot less driven by you. But the nice thing about the client strategy as well is that you don't need to have all high-level strategists. You can have a high-level strategist or two that you can use to develop junior-level strategists. And then you, you actually build within your company places to grow. And then it also gives you the opportunity because here's one of the challenges that we run into with that we see all the time with CEOs of, of consulting agencies. Like this type of work is difficult to scale because you need experts to do it. And experts aren't cheap. And you have the option to be able to hire really experienced experts or to be able to develop them in their in your company. Here's the thing is, is that a lot of times we think, oh, we can just hire this high level expert and they can just be plugged in. The reality is not so much that way. You still have to, almost any person, any strategist you take into your company is still going to need to be trained on your methodology. It's not very common that you can just plug them in and they'll be able to immediately deliver the same results that you can. It's just not that. And what we hear a lot is that the CEOs will, or rather the companies will hire on these strategists and they'll stay on for about a year or two. The amount of time that it actually takes for them to be really good and very effective in the company. And as soon as they get to that point, they quit. And then you have to go through the whole process again. So if you have the high level strategist that is then developing junior strategists underneath them, then what's happening is that you're growing the strategists within your company. So as they leave and find new opportunities, you'll be able to have replacements that you've already built over the past years in the company and they can just step right up. And the other side about this too is that as a high level strategist, it's going to be exciting to be able to develop people underneath you. That's engaging and more of a growth opportunity. So you might be able to actually engage them for a longer period of time because of that. That's exit four, that's client strategy. And at this next point, it's team leadership. So at this point, this is where you might be moving more into developing out a C-suite and really bringing on these next level leaders on your team. And it might be that you have developed your operations manager up to a point where they're really moving into a COO or even moving into the CEO. One of our clients that he came and spoke on our podcast a while back, Will Watrous, he had been developing up his COO to be able to take over as CEO and he could completely exit the company. And he has effectively done that going through this process. And 
now he actually has installed another CEO. Now that's not going to be the right fit for everyone, but at this point, this is where the company has grown to a certain point where the CEO is not a subject matter in every department. And what can happen is, is just like there's an exhaustion of resources. The CEO is expending too much time or energy in each individual department. And this is where you might be elevating department heads. Now, this can happen very organically in the company too. And you just start to see these budding leaders and you can continue to elevate them as they grow. And oftentimes you're bringing them from outside the company too, if you really want to take the company to this whole next level. So this can also be triggered by you know, the CEO just wanting more time and space. So maybe the CEO is hearing retirement, doesn't want to be completely out of the company. It, it, he or she still wants to be part of it, but they want to remove themselves from certain pieces of the company and really just focus on the visioning role. And really, there's no right or wrong way of doing this specifically. I mean, there's plenty of wrong ways, I should say that. But there's a lot of different ways that you can do this that are the right way, if that's really what I, what I meant to say. So at this point, you really have a business in a box that an outside investor would find really valuable. You go through these five steps. If you want to be able to exit your company and sell your company someday, go through these exits. And maybe it's even like, hey, I want to go through exit one to three for the next couple of years here. I want to run this company this way for a while. And then I want to be able to sell the company in the next seven years, right? So you can go through the exits. You can enjoy the lifestyle. You can enjoy the extra income, the extra growth that happens, all the extra structure and just like really being proud of a company that's world-class. Like this is what it takes to grow a company that's world-class and and to be able to scale it to eight figures if you want to, to be able to have this company that literally generates millions of dollars of profit for you, like having this asset. The great thing about this is that you going through these five X's actually gives you the ability to develop other people within your team to be growing this asset with you and where your job is to be leading the growth of this. Your job, and it's not to be in the weeds, like actually going and doing all this work and working in the minutia. It's really a fun, inspiring place to be. And I don't know about you, I, I love developing people. I love being able to see people and say, wow, like when I look at someone, I can, one of like my gifts is seeing someone for who they really are and what their real true potential is. I'll tell you what, that bites me in the butt sometimes when I'm hiring <laughs> because like I can't quite decipher sometimes between who they are right now and who they, they actually can become. This is why you have your, as a CEO, you're removed from the hiring as well so that you just have the last call as a fail safe. But I absolutely love being able to see the potential in people and develop them. And it's just so rewarding. And that's one of the things that as you are removing yourself from different parts of the business, you can do this really rewarding work. And this work that changes lives, it allows you to be able to create a workplace where people are, they're growing and they're developing and they're, they are becoming better people and they're going and making a bigger difference in their communities. And they are going and you can be supporting your clients too, to be able to be doing bigger work in the world. That's one of the biggest things that really drives us at Hands Off CEO is how do we be able to develop our clients and support them to be able to build these companies that be able to generate these amazing jobs to be able to help them become more and more wealthy and really build assets that change the world. And with that wealth and with that time wealth and that financial wealth, they can go then and change the world in their small part of the world and be able to bring on these different passion projects that allows them to continue to impact the world in better and better ways. 
So that's one of the things that we look for with our soulmate clients is, are these, is this CEO looking to do something big in the world? Are they looking to become the very best in their market? Are they looking to like, what are they going to, as they have that extra freedom, have they have the extra time and the extra money? What are they going to do with that? Are they really going to be contributing positively to the world? Are they going to be looking at ways to continue to use their incredible expertise and their knowledge of being able to move people and their all their abilities that they have as these exceptional business leaders? Are they going to use that to better humanity in some way? Or are they more just looking to, to uh, pocket the cash? And that's fine if that's really what they want to do. But like, that's boring. And what we have found at Hands Off CEO is the companies that they're just looking to pocket the cash. They don't really care about their team. They don't really care about the clients. They just want to build an asset that to be able to give them money so that they don't have to work very much. Those kind of leaders tend to get stopped because the vision's just not big enough. It's just not a big enough vision to get past all the resistance that you most definitely will be hitting up against as you continue to scale your company, as you move through these different exits to really build the business that fits your specific lifestyle and your your dreams. So I hope this rundown of these five exits and how to be able to remove yourself from the day-to-day to be able to generate the growth in the business to be able to build this asset was valuable. I'm going to run down those five exits again. So the first one is getting out of client service. The second is operations management. Exit three is scaling sales and marketing. Exit four is client strategy. And exit five is team leadership. Those are the exits to be able to scale in an eight or even nine figure company. Thanks for tuning in and listening. I am your host, Mandy Ellison of the Hands Off CEO podcast.